0: For your heart-stopping, news-packed 60 minutes of radio adrenaline, Webmaster Radio presents The The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table.
1: The Pulse
2: starts now.
1: Hi, and welcome to the fifth edition of the Search Bowl. Today is Tuesday, October 3rd, 2006. My name is Barry Schwartz. Today we have a special guest with us. Um, Matt Cutts should be coming on soon. He's from Google, and he should be answering two of our questions. They're going to be very simple, quick questions, and I'm going to get right into it. Again, I'm Barry Schwartz. I run the Search Engine Roundtable. I'm also known as Rusty Brick. Um, With us today again is Ben Pfeiffer, the Senior Editor of the Search Engine Roundtable, he goes under the name Phoenix from RankSmart. Chris Boggs is also with us today, the associate editor of the Search Engine Roundtable. He works in the SEO department as a search strategist at Avenue A Razorfish. So I figured we will going to get right into the topics, and as soon as soon as as soon as Matt gets here, we'll go ahead and get him on. Um, right, the first topic I have here is I wanted to let you guys know that the last week's top podcast was actually published and archived, so you can go check it out. I posted a link in the chat room. It's under the Search Pulse archive in our. Uh, Search engine roundtable um, database. All right, so let's get on to the topics. So the first topic we have here is that there was a serious bug in Google Maps, literally like a bug. If you take a look at the at the uh, post, that, the thread I put out there, you'll see that um, if you looked over Germany, a certain part of Germany, you'll see a little squashed bug um, that looks to be squashed over a huge landscape. It's about 150 feet or more. And it looks like a 150-foot bug post in the actual Germany uh, in, like, a satellite view. What happened was is that it seems like this little bug, I think it was called a THERP, got caught in between the satellite glasses or somewhere in the, in the glass where it was taking a picture. And a tiny little bug getting caught up a high, uh, you know, all the way high up in the, uh, in the view of the satellite. And it looks like there's a huge bug, when in reality it's really a tiny bug over up in the glass. Um, and I wanted to, like, pass this it over. It's caused a lot of discussion over in the forums. I wanted to pass it over to uh, Chris and see if you saw anything funny about this other than the actual bug.
3: Well, Barry, what couldn't you see that was funny about this? I thought this was hilarious when I first saw it, um, you know, especially the fact that it's got some, some poop or other excrement uh, that's been uh, squeezed out of the back of it, and it still looks like it's motoring along. Uh, I think that this would have been some uh, great uh, – weaponry back in the day probably, uh, but, um, you know, this is one of those funny things. I, I think the funniest thing about it is uh, that when I read this, it led me uh, to uh, that other story about the um, the people that are kind of just spending time looking at Google Maps, and I guess they just spend all day looking at Google Maps, and they occasionally find weird things, and this is one of them, but there's that one about the uh, that site in the desert of China where uh, they created an entire region of uh, 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 an occup- or a, not an occupied, but a disputed region um, near India. That uh, apparently they've got this small scale, and it's not like they could do army um, training on it or anything like that. And, and it's just I can just see the Chinese government being like, "Damn, Google, we're never going to let them in now." <laughs> but uh, I think it's a very funny story, and and you know it led to that other interesting story too that I I, I found very humorous.
1: Cool. And how about, Ben, what do you think? Yeah, this, it was kind of interesting. I, the
4: forums were just kind of thought it was really funny. And I think this bug is uh, what they call an earwig. Um, not 100% sure, but they're really pretty common. Um, yeah, and back to that Google site scene site, there was a lot of stuff, you know, that they just kind of come up with. And I think I, I've actually posted before on the face of Jesus being found somewhere in South America somewhere. Right. Um, so, yeah, lots of interesting stuff to be found using Google Maps and spending your time doing
1: that. That's true um, you do notice how the uh, bottom the top part of the bug is like little bug juice coming out, so it obviously shows that the bug has been killed somewhat, or that it 's squashed, <laughs> you know <laughs> or something happened to it otherwise, or let out some excretions or something like that in any event, uh, we also posted about naked people being found on Google Maps. Um, but that might just be a blurp, and it's hard to see exactly what was going on with that. I think we covered that a few weeks ago. In any event, let's move on to the next topic, something less fun, um, but more you know, discussed in the search forums. It's the Google PageRank. Um, there seems to be a Google PageRank that started up its you know, update last week, um, and I posted a link in the chat room to it. Um, they different data centers have updated it already. Matt Cutts commented in his blog saying that the PageRank is now visible on most toolbars. And it's basically a visible page rank. Um, it doesn't, you know, usually page rank is an export of the Google page rank values from p- the past several months. So it might be 3 months old data, and it might be pushed up to the Google toolbar just to give people some new green link juice to look at. Um, things to notice is that the search engine roundtable forms jump from a PR4 to a PR6. And my personal blog, the Cartoon Barry blog, jumped from a PR0 to a PR6. But again, it's just, you know, fun link, you know, green bars to look at, it really means nothing at the point of looking at it now saying, hey, my page rank jumped from a PR4 to PR6. I'm not going to automatically, that day that happens, get a higher ranking because of it. Um, so, Ben, I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well.
4: Yeah, I just had the, I just saw the PR update in my, actually, my toolbar a couple hours ago and I just noticed it just updated. Um, yeah, it's it's basically green eye candy. Yay, another PR update. Um, I think there was a couple of people that were commenting within like on Search Engine Roundtable about which sites were actually updating, and um, obviously older, more established sites are, are doing it a lot quicker. And some people were asking whether regards to newer sites were seeing a, a change as effective as PR update. And while it really doesn't mean squat, um, you know, in regards to helping your ranking get uh, higher or uh, people coming to your site, people are still watching it
1: um, thoroughly. <laughs> right. Um, Chris, do you have any comments?
3: Sure. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, this PR, uh, the toolbar page rank update is very important uh, clarification. This is just a toolbar update. Your actual real update, your actual real page rank is being updated all the time. I mean, the page rank meter on the Google bar tells users, quote, from Google, how Google's algorithms assess the importance of the page you're viewing. So that affects the rankings and subsequent traffic a site might receive from Google searches. But the toolbar only gives you a snapshot of the relative importance, and and this snapshot's updated every few months or so, as we know. Um, You know, the the Google algorithm's already incorporated the real page rank into its index before displaying the update on the toolbar. So you should probably surmise, if you see a rise in rankings, that that your page rank uh, may have already, you know, gone up. So there's really no surprise that, that should come with this update. Um, we did a limited survey of client sites uh, after this recent update, and we found that 40% of the sites experienced an increase, uh, and 57% remain unchanged with only 3% dropping. So um, once again, this is the kind of thing where people go crazy about it and everything, but you, you really got to remember that this is just a toolbar, a display. It's not the real page rank for your website.
1: Cool. And there's somebody in the chat room asking, um, you know, did this affect only uh, old sites and not newer sites? I mean, yeah, if you have a new site, um, basically, if you have a new site, since it's using older data, like we've been discussing, it's using, let's say, three- or four-month-old data, and your site's newer than that, then Google probably won't update that site's page rank on the toolbar because, again, it's older data. It is updating it in real time behind the scenes that we can see. So just hang on until Google does another push of that data in probably three months or so or who knows how long. And um, we'll go ahead and see some new page rank for those newer sites. Um, all right, I want to move on to the next topic. Next topic is that it was Google's birthday, their eighth birthday. There was a lot of confusion as to if it was f- September 7th or September 27th or whatever I see. I have a typo in my post. But basically, Google, I think, said on it that it's going to be September 27th every year, I hope. And you'll see that they posted a special logo with, um, it looks to be, you know, five candles, but really it's, um, you know, it's an eight, it's an eight, it's an eight in Roman numerals, so don't get confused by that. Um, Chris, do you have any thoughts on their birthday? Uh,
3: so the Roman numeral is actually the, candle, uh, the candles on the cupcake? I hadn't even noticed that.
1: Yeah, so you see it's like slanted
3: a little bit, like a V. Ah, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh that's you know, I always love these Google special logos and one thing is like Google's now 8, so you know, now that's old enough for me to start comparing it to how old I'm getting. So it's always bad news when you know, cuz I re- I remember when you know Google wasn't wasn't around, I wasn't even in in the search industry yet at that point and uh just uh, the amazing growth, I think, in the eight years that Google's shown and, and their consistency in uh, reaching out to webmasters and, and, and trying to be helpful in, in getting webmasters and, and site owners to rank their sites and, and everything. I, I think it, it's, it's just a really great company. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I just give them all the congratulations, and I just don't see anything else but future growth for them. And you never know. I mean, there might be another Google around the corner. You know, Eight years from now, we might be talking about Something else, uh, just like Google.
4: Cool, Ben. Yeah, um, you know, I guess in the scheme of things, Google's still kind of relatively pretty young in comparison to other companies out there. Um, you know, even like Yahoo and such. Um, you know, all I could say is Happy Birthday, Google, and it's been a wonderful ride, and I wish you another eight more years <laughs> of success.
5: Cool.
1: Yes. Um, all right, so we're going to go into commercial. I'm just going to get word. Um, as soon as we get into commercial, on the way back from that commercial, we'll get Matt on, and we'll discuss the two topics he wanted to discuss. Um, he's not on right now, so let, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next topics of um, where Google's Adam Lasnick, um, who is known as Minimat, he went ahead into the forums, and he, he quoted... I have a quote from him at Webmaster World saying, which links can and cannot hurt you? Um, in summary... In summary, he says, it's unlikely that your outbound links is causing your pages to be listed in supplemental rather than the main index. Also, be assured that we're not looking to penalize folks for bad links here and there. Rather, our algorithms are tuned to look for patterns. See, patterns, he's basically saying, you know, a link here and there to bad, bad links here and there to bad sources, to bad destinations are not going to kill you, but if you have a pattern of those types of links, and a pattern of getting those types of links, that is what's going to hurt you. Um, so, and we also have another post. I'm going to go ahead and summarize them all into one. Um, and Chris did this post um, the other day saying, can competitors, can competitors damage your Google rankings? Can inbound links from competitors hurt you? Can inbound links from to your non-WWW to your, you know, instead of your WWW, put you into the supplemental results because of all these issues with, you know, linking to non-WWWs and WWWs? That's another topic we, I want to incorporate in this one big discussion. And finally, Chris posted today um, a post called Link Relevancy, the seven degrees of separation. So I have a, I have a post from creative site forums where um, talking about, like, what type of links do you get? So if you have a links from, you know, he wants a football boot site and he wants a link from a hiking boot site, is that too far off the you know, degrees of separation? Chris goes into this long post about how it's not and how he argues with people. So I think let's turn it over to Chris and get your ideas on all this. All right.
3: Well, uh, you've given me a bunch to chew on here. First of all, um, I think it's uh, great that Adam Lasnick is making this clear. This is uh, information that uh, I and plenty of other SEOs have said for a long time. You know, um, outbound linking is very unlikely to be a culprit and in, in most things bad in terms of ranking. Also that, uh, you know, you need to have a sort of a pattern of linking behavior, especially in inbound links. I mean, let's say you have one or two inbound links from uh, either, you know, one of the PPCs, foreign spills, or casinos. These could have been put there by someone other than you. They could have been put there by a competitor or whatever. What they're looking for is really just uh, a pattern in uh, obviously trying to game the uh, page rank algorithm and gain better rankings. In terms of the, the uh, second one that you talked about, with competitors uh, damaging Google rankings. We've heard this before, and uh, this is an argument that will probably go on forever. Um, You know, people maliciously linking to a competitor site from bad neighborhoods or using site-wide and free-for-all links and so forth. And and there's never really been a totally concrete answer. It seems to me that uh, Adam Lasnick may be taking over sort of the linking side of the equation from Matt. I don't know, but I know that uh, Matt might uh, start and maybe we can ask him, but is, you know, is Adam going to talk, uh, talk to more of the linking topics or not? And maybe he can answer that question for us at some point if we can get him on here. Um, but uh, the one thing about the competitors damaging the Google rankings that I thought was very interesting about this thread was the idea of uh, trying to create a canonical issue uh, of duplicate content by actually linking to the non-WW version of the competitors' webpage could they effectively harm them in the rankings? Some, this is an argument that I haven't heard before, and I, I think it's very valid as a possibility. And lastly, you guys can all read my, uh, my theory on the seven degrees of uh, separation, but I really feel that uh, you know, when you sit down really and get down and dirty and build links. You know, obviously the first two, three months, you're going to be pretty much focusing on links that are fairly relevant or very relevant to uh, the keywords that you're targeting. Whereas, you know, you start getting to that month six, seven, eight, you know, into the second year of link building, you have to be further away from those actual keywords. So uh, to me, it's like seven degrees of separation. So uh, I put an example like football boots could be like football socks. Sporting gear, football clubs, that goes to local football organizations, state or county football organizations, and national football organizations. Right there you have plenty of research to do. Any link builder could take days and, and just go down that one exercise uh, on that line and try to find a bunch of relevant links. So I think to me it, it's just all a process of holistic link building and trying to make sure that you link to as many conceivably relevant uh, or link from as many conceivably relevant sites as possible. And I think that Google, you know, that they're all for that. So, you know, in general, as they say, in general, webmasters can improve the rank of their sites by increasing the number of high-quality sites that link to their pages. It's that simple. It's in black and white.
1: Great. What well, I think what we're going to do now, I know Ben didn't get a chance to comment on this, but I think we have another topic that you could bring this all back to. I don't, but I just want to get Matt on, so let's go into a commercial break now. And then we'll get Matt on and ask him his questions and then get back to this topic. All right, so see you soon. Sit
0: tight and don't move. The Pulse. We'll be back after this short break.
4: Now, experience the future of web design and development with a whole new level of efficiency, expressiveness, and simplified workflow. Introducing Studio 8, a compilation of the latest releases from Dreamweaver, Flash Professional, Fireworks, Contribute, and Flash Paper, sure to inspire you to create superior online video sites and mobile content. And now, through this exclusive webmasterradio.fm offer, listeners can save a whopping $100 off Studio 8. Visit the online store at Adobe.com or contact Adobe Customer Services and provide promo code Webmaster Radio in order to receive your discount. Studio 8, your way to create.
0: Now, back to The Pulse, the Pulse. only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Here's your host... Hi, and welcome back to the Search Pulse. Um, I am happy to say that we have Matt with us. Matt, are you there?
6: Yeah, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad.
1: That's, that's good. I wanted to uh, go through two topics. First, I want to get your comments on both. Um, the first thing we have is a post on what would you ask a Google engineer. This is something that Ben posted the other day. And Ben, ben uh, you want to go ahead and uh, summarize it for us? Yeah,
4: um, there was a great thread on Webmaster World just kind of discussing about what you would do if you had like an hour time with a Google engineer. And so one of the members on Webmaster World was claiming that he was going to get an hour with a Google engineer. And what ended up happening was it turned out to be like a sales engineer who really didn't know anything about the natural search al- algorithm or anything and knew a whole lot about sitemaps and calendar and stuff like that. And so it was kind of a wash. But what was really kind of cool about it was that, you know, some of the members were posting like questions that they had regarding natural search that they didn't know about, and the things that they would ask a Google engineer.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, so, Matt, you know, I want to get your thoughts. If you were an SEO and you didn't work at Google, what would you, if you had this opportunity, ask a Google engineer?
6: <laughs> well, uh, I can take a couple tacks with that. If I were an SEO, I would probably not worry about did the backlink update start on July 15th or July 19th kind of stuff. Uh, I would try to gear towards finding out what are the long-term things that are going to work well. So, most Google engineers who work on search quality, they have a conception in their mind of what a good site is and whenever we see bad algorithmic results, we try to figure out, okay, what's the new algorithm that's going to return? the best results we can. So if you can sort of, uh, you know, talk to somebody and get an idea of, well, in your opinion, what's a good site? What are the characteristics of a good uh, domain? That's the kind of thing that's going to be useful five years from now, whereas, you know, page ranks or, you know, whatever link bait or stuff might or might not be useful in five years.
1: Interesting. Cool. Um, Ben, do you have any comments about that? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think those were good questions that, you know, you could ask. Um, I know people that w- were on the Webmaster World had a lot of questions, in, in, not necessarily in that regard, but more or less like things that were happening to them now, mm-hmm. um, you know, sites that were supplemental or just even things about, like, for example, maybe, Matt, you could ex- kind of describe what Google is kind of doing to combat site scrapers. Um, mm-hmm. I know people are kind of upset about that, and I don't know if that's something you want to talk about or not, but it did, the question did come up.
6: hmm Yeah, site scrapers are stuff that, you know, uh, it it sort of waxes and wanes. Sometimes people are more angry and sometimes they're less angry. And we do a lot of stuff to detect duplicate content all along the pipeline. But um, we have started to pay attention to that a little bit more lately. So things like scraping blog search engines and stuff like that. And I think there's a lot of potential there where you could still probably improve search quality. Um, But I'll, I'll give you my other hook, which is, you know, how would I try to take that one hour and turn it into a better resource,
1: if you're interested? Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you, that sounds great. you guys
6: want to hear what my take would be?
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, no. sure.
6: You know, you, you could learn how to fish, you know, as much as you can in an hour. But I would try to plant that seed of doubt in that engineer's brain and say, why aren't you listening more to outside feedback? Right? That's the mm-hmm. right question to ask. You know, how is your outside intelligence? How is your blog IQ? Do you read blogs, right? Because... Carl S. from the calendar team, he reads blogs. And when he sees people dissing Google Calendar, he's like, oh, no, that's not right. Here's how you can do this and stuff like that. So I would take it not just as an opportunity to learn something. I would also try to plant a seed and tell that engineer, you know what? It would be great if you talk to the outside world more, if you listen to the outside world more. And then hopefully that engineer goes back, spreads the word a little bit, and Google does even more to be at conferences and to talk on forums and blogs and stuff like that.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, you have a great example of that yourself when it came to what comes up to the Google Reader, where you did an unbelievable review of the Google Reader. And, you know, <laughs> if you have a few minutes, I want to get a, you know your thoughts on the new Google Reader, how it compares to Bloglines, and yeah. you know, your general thoughts.
6: Absolutely, it's kind of neat because I've been a Bloglines user since I found it, like at least a year or two, and uh, it's a great product. It really is fantastic, and. Uh, you know, In a world in which I use a ton of Google products, I've always used blog lines and preferred that because I think the first version of Reader was geared for a more, you know, slightly more novice, a little less worrying about RSS versus Atom kind of user. And uh, they've really, really overcome that. It's you know People are talking about Reader being the inbox for the web, which is great for that sort of people who don't want to know about the, the real nitty-gritty details of feeds. But I think you sort of summed up, I think it was your headline, Barry, that really summed it up well. It, it welcomes power users as well. Well. Yep. So I subscribed to you know well over 70 feeds, and just the sheer number of dupes and blog lines really annoyed me. Um, now, the fact of the matter is, yeah, you can go in and per feed, you can say, change the settings that you never see if there's even a character changed. But I'm not about to go do that for all 70 feeds to change the default. So in Reader, I feel like I'm about twice as fast, just sort of skimming through things. I've actually taking the time that I usually use for reading feeds, and now I'm like, oh, I'm done. Wait a second. That was a little too fast. Now I have to go do some email or, or real work or stuff like that. So it's been really right. good.
1: You're not, you're not worried about missing anything.
6: Exactly. Well, well I, I mean, the, the Google Reader team is definitely open towards changing that in the future, like looking for words like updated or other things that are more than just a character. But realistically, how often do you see those kind of postscripts that really terribly change the meaning of a post? If it's something really newsworthy, you know, I'll usually find out about it because somebody else will talk about, oh, Danny added a new word at the end of this post or something like that.
1: Right. Yeah, typically, so, any major, t- typically any major update w- would, you know, be a, a post in itself and not require an update to a post. So,
6: exactly. I when I was answering questions about PageRank, I just started a new post. I didn't even bother to just edit the bottom of the post. And it's a choice, but right now you just spend so much time looking at duplicate Feeds and items in feeds, I'd rather just go with, just show me new stuff.
1: Cool. All right, thank you very much, Matt. I really appreciate it, and um, I think we'll, you know, drop you now, and, and I appreciate your time, and hopefully have you back on soon. You bet. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having Matt. me, man. Thanks, Matt. Thanks.
4: Take care.
1: All right, so now I want to move over back to this topic. I know Ben wanted to have, add some, you know, thoughts about the whole link, you know, can they hurt you, can they not hurt you, and the supplementals and stuff. So, Ben, do you have any thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, um, kind of going back to what Chris was writing about in regards to bad neighborhoods or you know, if a, a bad neighborhood linked to you or if you were to obtain a site-wide link or maybe even a free-for-all, in my opinion, those aren't really going to hurt you. Um, you know, they might be devalued, um, and I wouldn't really worry necessarily so much about that. I think what's kind of coming up is some of this um, competitors, or not necessarily competitors, but just people in general that can strategically write URLs um, that can create a real big problem in regards to duplicate content. Um, and I was trying to pull example of this so I could post it in the forum so everybody could see what this was about. So I'm going to still look for that particular result. But what basically what it is is that people can exploit these e-commerce sites or just even some of these major sites and learn how to strategically write the URL so that certain links are inserted within the page and such just by rewriting the URLs, So it looks like there's something on the page that's really not um, or something in a database that's really not. And so what happens is that you take these links and then you would go ahead and, like, link them from maybe, like, let's say a free-for-all or just some site in general and just include a long list of, of links. Um, Google comes around, spiders this, this is a problem, sees all this, this you know, some of these um, links that are linking to the site with all these funky URLs and such, um, and then that could be an issue. Um, I haven't necessarily seen a ban, per se, on it, because it's kind of very, um, you know, a small type of issue. Um, and if people are doing this, it's not like they're making it really well known. But I will continue to look for that particular example so I can see if y'all to let you all know about that.
1: Cool. I appreciate that. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next topic. It's uh, regarding links, and it's about building links for your site, but not just ordinary links, so you know, how do you rank well in other countries, and so we discussed a little bit about that last week, but in, not in terms of just links so um, what I did was post a, a link in the chat room to a topic called Billing links to rank well in other countries and it 's created a site forum that discusses this It obviously goes through you have to host your site in the Canadian uh, location if you want to rank well in, in Google Canada, you have to you know, try to make sure you have the Google top level domain. Um, you know, use specific Canadian attributes on the page, like address, phone numbers, meta information. Also talks about, you know, uh, over mostly an overlooked top, uh, thing is to get links from other Canadian-oriented sites. So um, you could have a .com, you could have a site that's ranked, that's searched, you know, that's based in actual America, United States, and also rank well in, uh, you know, a country-specific uh, search engine like Canada or like the U.K. if you have a lot of links from, Sites that are based, you know, hosted in that location, or are very specific to that locale. Um, I don't know, Ben. Actually, let's start with Chris because Ben just talked. uh, Chris, do you have any thoughts on this topic?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, I think that you know, we got to step back for a minute and remember this is a great example of when we're working SEO for people, we really um, are taking their livelihood into our hands. So. I would highly recommend, especially if you're a smaller firm that doesn't have much experience in, in uh, working with international uh, websites or sites that are uh, hosted overseas, that you try to find a partner that's located in that particular country. If you use the community, you will most likely find people that are well-respected and that can help you. And maybe you may have to pay them a consulting fee for, you know, to get things kicked off. But I would highly recommend uh, partnering up with people that are local uh to the particular area that you're trying to target uh first of all uh secondly obviously this is just another indication that um, SEO is moving worldwide um, we get you know a lot of uh questions here at Avenue A about uh you know building uh, popularity within uh, overseas search engines so uh this is something that we uh, as a, as an agency have to work towards and uh fortunately you know we're able to uh Go out and buy uh, companies <laughs> overseas, so that's kind of nice to have those partners that, that are already working there. But I think that uh, this is just yet another thread, and there's been quite a few threads this year about uh, ways to try to improve your rankings uh, in foreign search engines and in other countries, and I think uh, that's something that will be a focus over the next year or so. Cool,
1: Ben, do you have any extra, anything, add to, anything to add to that? Well, Chris pretty much summed it up.
4: Um, <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I, I kind of agreed what was said, and um, I think if you're, you're, you know, you're really trying to target some of these countries, then you know, definitely do so. Um, but also consider that you, know, you can still rank well in other areas or are in the main google.com, um, and just kind of keep your options open.
1: Cool. All right. Something really funny, and Matt Cutts actually commented in this thread, um, was a Google Analytics surprise, a secret message from Google Analytics, which really wasn't. It turned out not to be a message from Google Analytics. Uh, there's a set of creative type forms, which dug through, um, dug through basically um, uh, what was found to be, it looked to be like some JavaScript code from Urchin Analytics, uh, which is really Google Analytics. And what they found was um, a little snippet of code there, something about you know house, uh, uh, desperate housewives not being good coders, and somebody took offense to that, and went through a whole thing, and it turned out at the end to be a Firefox Programmer's script add on to that, and I think Ben you know Ben has did a lot of research into there, and I think he wants you know he could do a much better explanation than I Ben,
4: yeah, I did kind of look into this a little bit more. this was kind of fun um, and I do have to say the girl that did this particular you know head and message seemed kind of kind of fun, it looked like she was just trying to enjoy her job a little bit more um but this was a Firefox extension and not necessarily in the Google Analytic code. What happened was um, somebody from Creative Site Forum named Ken McCarty um, went out, took his the Google Analytics co- uh, code, and like ran it through his email filter. Um, why I don't know, but what happened was that it came back. It tagged a certain section of the code as porn. And um, interestingly enough, what the hidden message was was Real Housewives write extensions. So it tagged Housewives as being a you know a porn you know term within the code. Um, So what was happening was um, this girl that wrote this particular extension um, had hidden this message within the JavaScript code um, by using um, bit shifting. And I didn't really know too much about bit shifting until I kind of got more into this thread, but basically what it is is just kind of like encoding um, that particular code, um, or the bits, so to say, um, by moving over the bits to the right. And what happens is that you can't see the message unless you kind of decode it, and you know there has been cases where whole entire life histories or stories have been hidden in codes, um, in code just from the, doing this. And so the guy on Creative Site, um, I think Michael, that was looking over this. It um, you know, went through the whole process of going through this, and basically we had, came to the assumption that you really can't jump to conclusions um, about, you know, whether Google was doing this or not, um, and it just happened to be this one particular girl. So I'm going to go ahead and post a link in the forums to her website uh, so you can check out who she is uh, and say hello. Um, she's actually got some pretty useful extensions on her site. But, yeah, it just, it just was kind of a funny little example of um, what you can do uh, within the code and what happens. So, and apparently this girl is a real housewife, uh, and so she's also a good programmer.
1: Right, and that's the reason she put that in there. As she likes *Desperate Housewives*, and she wants to prove to somebody who thinks she's like you know just nothing wrong with a housewife, but she is a, a, a geeky coder housewife, not just a housewife, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, also, if you go to that thread, there's a lot of history, a lot of old timers participating in the thread there. So, Creative side is a very well connected forum has a lot of old-timers, and you'll see that a lot of people come out of the woodworks to participate in the thread, some people who go back to, you know, 98 or so, 1998, who's been involved in the search engines since 1998 and who's been involved in, um, you know, posting in forums since 1998 and 1999. So a lot of good history there. If you have time, check it out. I'm going to post the link in the chat room again to the thread and just click over through there. Um, the next topic, oh, probably the last topic before we get somebody else on, is the whole thing where incisive media has been bought by Apex, um, Apex Partners. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, so they're selling, you know, it's part of, you know, Engine strategies and Search Engine watch. It's a really small part of incisive media. It was sold for $377 million, I think. Um, and basically everything is going to remain the same. It's just like a manager buyout or something like that. Um, there's a lot of discussion going on in terms at Webmaster World why it wasn't this posted? Why didn't everybody know about it? It happened a week ago. Um, Danny did post links to it in the search headlines place. It wasn't such big news that he felt it was important to post anywhere else because uh, basically it, was, it didn't deserve its own post because, in a, in a, you know, if you look at it, it's really everything's going to remain the same. All it was is you know somebody bought another company and that company is going to remain part of the bigger company and that's pretty much how I see it myself. Why didn't I post about it until a week after? Well, at the Search Engine Roundtable, as many of you know, we only go ahead and we only go ahead and um, post people. You know, we only go ahead and post threads that are discussed in the forums, and there hasn't been a thread until that day, so that's why we didn't post anything over there. Um, Chris, do you have any thoughts on this whole topic? Uh, sure.
3: I was just reading over. Uh, Danny did kind of uh, also comment a little bit more at his uh, daggle. And I want to actually compliment him on the use of the uh, ad stance between the first and second paragraphs of his uh, post uh, that coming up with private equity funding is kind of funny. Uh, But um, it seems to me that, uh, just to me, I think the door's back open for Danny now with uh, working uh, with uh, the the future company. I I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but um, I think that he's uh, certainly uh, not... Uh, closing any doors or burning any bridges, and I think that would be great uh first of all, because I think you know Danny belongs with search engine watch and and uh and uh the the search engine strategies conferences, so I think that if the, you know those could stay together, that would be a great thing for everyone involved um, that's pretty much my comment on it. What do you guys think you think uh this is maybe going to shift Danny or uh, he was in the chat room, maybe he would like to comment on that uh comment. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, so maybe I we'll get him to, he he I have him to say something. <laughs> yeah, we'll
4: get no, him to I say something. So. <laughs> yeah. This is kinda of interesting news. Um I, I hope Danny stays. Who knows, you know, maybe the management, you know, probably won't change things very much. Um but, you know, I think what was the other news? Incisive media went um which company was it, went private. Was that also in the news this week? I
1: d I didn't see that.
4: Or last week. I was reading it somewhere. Anyway. Um do we have any comments from Danny in here?
1: No, I don't think he's no. uh, commented. But he's
4: he uh, not burning any bridges. not burning bridges.
1: So that's a live comment from from Danny Sullivan in the chat room as we are on the air live. All right, um, all right so let's move on to the next topic. I just want to make sure that um, we have our next guest on soon. So let's move on to the next topic first, and then hopefully go into a commercial break soon. We're going to talk about two Microsoft bugs or annoyances. Um, the first one is... I found in the forums that Microsoft Ad Center has a bulk upload feature, but it doesn't allow you to upload too many things in bulk. Basically, <laughs> somebody tried uploading about 3,000 keywords, and it brought back some type of error. Somebody in Webmaster World Forum said, hey, you can't upload that many keywords. You've got to keep it to under 500 keywords per time. Um, I'm sure it's just a bug. I'm sure it's not meant to be designed to be that way. Um, I, don't, I mean, Ben, do you have any thoughts? Have you seen anything?
4: Uh, yeah, I was watching the comments earlier in the forum, and I think Blackbeard mentioned that they're both fixed now. Um, so you can upload up to 3,000 keywords up into Microsoft ad, uh, ad Center now. So that has been fixed. Cool. If, 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 if If that's correct, I guess Blackbeard will let us know. Yeah, he says
1: it's fixed. So. Okay, good deal. Um, Chris, do you have any clients complaining about that that you know of? or?
3: Uh, no, I'm kind of more focusing on SEO right now. But I do remember when I was first working with the Ad Center uh, in, introduction. You know, when it was still in limited release, uh, it, I was kind of mad because the only way that I could upload even a single keyword was by using a uh, a, a form. So you would think that by now they had <laughs> they had, would have uh, fixed that form to, uh, you know, to work smoothly. So hopefully Blackbeard's right and uh, that it is uh, does seem to be working now.
1: Okay. Um all right, and the next topic of Microsoft, let's move on to the next bug where it had a bug which is should be fixed by now. It's basically um it wouldn't allow some advertisers to save their keywords. What they did was they, you know, went to their, you know, place where they actually click on change bids and they hit the save button, and what it returned was Microsoft cannot process your request. Please try again later. Yada yada. Um Ads Center 411 confirmed this to be an issue. Um and they're looking to resolve it. And they don't have an ETA yet, but I think this has also been resolved. It's a new product. It's expected to have pro- bugs, but bugs like not being able to update your bids is kind of serious. Um, I know, Chris, you see anything more with that that you found?
3: Well, I'm just going to go on Blackbeard's word since he seems to be our resident chatroom uh, MSN expert. Thanks, Blackbeard. He, he says that both are fixed, so uh, let's
4: go with that.
1: Okay, and Ben? <laughs> yeah, let's just go with that. <laughs> okay, all right, let's hit a commercial break right now. Hopefully we'll get on our next guest, and if not, we'll just continue. So let's hit our break.
0: Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse will be back after this short break.
3: Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on genienose.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. Add your command. genienose.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program.
2: Genie knows how to deliver results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S dot com. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby. TextLinkAds.com. Drop into the Webmaster chat room. WebmasterRadio.fm. Clothing is optional. WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Wow, looks like you caught another one.
0: Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? What kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are.
4: Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com.
2: Get hooked, wrapped, and dished. All week long on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
0: Now, back to the Pulse, the Pulse, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host.
1: Hi, and welcome back to The Search Pulse. Um, I'm happy to say, I, think, I believe we got with us a uh, representative from MAST.
5: This is Daniel Reed, uh, the VP of Products and User Experience for MAST.com.
1: I wanted to uh, thank you for joining us. Um, uh, we posted um, a topic in, in our you know, Searching Roundtable where I wrote that Ask.com is getting noticed by SEOs. Basically, some, peop- some people in the Webmaster World forums are noticing that Ask um, has been getting uh, more traffic towards their site, and they're thinking about how can I optimize and rank well in Ask.com. The mm-hmm. question is, I wanted to phrase to you, why do you think search uh, SEOs should care about ranking well in Ask?
5: Well, we should definitely care. Um, we were a significant um, player in the market, uh, and we were actually the fastest-growing search engine um, in year-on-year growth. We're, we're growing at a really fast clip. In the last year, we've grown our, uh, our our queries by 52%. So that's probably why you're getting a lot more interest from from SEOs and and, uh, and wanting to take notice of Ask and to ensure they get traffic from uh, from Ask. Um, Behind that is, is uh, a lot of users returning to Ask. Um, we're actually also growing the fastest in terms of acquisition of users, um, frequency and retention versus the other big guys out there. Um, and a large part of that is due to our, our us refocusing on core search. We've um, really been concentrating on the user experience of Ask.com Um, in the last two or three years. Um, And I think it was some recent ACSI, some American Customer Satisfaction Index um, data, that that told us that that we've actually grown the fastest in terms of customer satisfaction as well in the last two years of any major search engine. So users are returning to ask.com. Um, they 're coming for a lot of a lot of reasons um, One of them is a is a great core search product um, and great al- algorithmic search results and on top of that we 've also built a lot of um, cool features. Um, we have the uh, the highest um, used feature in percentage terms of any search engine, which is our zoom related search. Um, we have a lot of great smart answers. We serve millions of those every day, which are direct answers and, and shortcuts to, to content for users. Um, and we have other features like binoculars that allow users to preview um, web results before they visit them, and people can save stuff into a, an account called My Stuff.
1: Cool. I I love all the features. I think you guys are really innovating. I have one quick question. I want to know if you what is your typical, if you know your typical demographic of an ask.com searcher? What is, what is that typical demographic?
5: Well, um the typical demographic is, is pretty um consistent with other search players out there. Really um it's it's the core internet demographic. Historically, um ours has skewed towards uh women. Um we've had probably a, a historically got a 52% split of women to men. Um, but lately that's, that's much more balanced out and we're m- much more 50-50 um, because we've got a lot lot of um, search users returning to Ask.com and using Ask for the first time in, in a few years and, and then coming back again.
1: All right, well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll get you on again soon. And that you know, is a lead for you know, you know, SEOs out there, really. Take Ask.com, take them seriously because they are growing. Those commercials are great, <laughs> and they're going very well. So thank you again for your time, and we'll move on to our next topic. I appreciate it.
5: No problem. Thank you.
1: All right, so our next topic is um, that Google Sitemaps, um, they released, um, Vanessa Fox went ahead and released a little uh, blog post saying that previously Google Sitemaps updated their query stats. It's a, it's a stat page in the Google Sitemaps, Google Webmaster Central location, which was updated every you know three or so weeks. Now they're updating that every pre- once a week, pretty much every Monday they're going to update the stats in there. Um, I don't know if, Ben, you ever looked into Google sitemaps and ever used their query stats.
4: Yeah, I have. Um, I have looked at them. My only my complaint for a long time was that, like, they seem to never change. And it's like it can never, you know, you see some variation, but never a lot. So, like, when I saw this, I was like, about time. You know, I, and I'm sure they had the capability to do it. Uh, it just, you know, probably took some time to get it, you know, to the, from three weeks to one week now. Um, and I don't know, you know, I've asked some clients, too, you know, that use this and whether they really look at the, the stats too much. And some say they do, and some say they just find it kind of inaccurate and that, yeah, there's searches from this type of stuff, and it kind of fills in some gaps. But at the same time, it really doesn't, you know, say a whole lot. It's 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 kind of just an overview of possibly where, you know, the traffic or queries that are productive and where my site's at. So for that, it's mainly just kind of nice
1: data just to look
4: at for the time being.
1: Cool. And Chris, have you ever heard anything about this?
3: Yeah, actually our engineers were talking about this this week, as a matter of fact, and they seem to be pretty excited about it. They kind of use it, I think, fairly often. Uh, Personally, I would rank it, I mean, just above the toolbar page rank in terms of you know, really uh, importance, But uh, apparently, um, you know, analysts like this kind of data, and they like it to be fresher, quicker, more often. So Google is certainly uh, providing that to them. And uh, what makes the analysts happy and the engineers happy makes us happy. So that's good.
1: Great. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Um, I recommend it for some sites. I don't recommend it for all sites. But in any event, the query stats are now more up-to-date. Are they accurate? I think Vanessa Fox would, you know, put her money on that, so I would you know, think that the, you know, the more we use it, the more we give feedback we give Google. The more feedback we give Google, and the more information Vanessa could have to go ahead and update that tool. Um, talking about Google, let's move over to their little tip we had in the, in the forums about how to rotate Google AdSense so that you can actually increase the visibility of those ads and increase your click-through rate by using different background colors. Um, basically, last week we talked about how to reduce ad blindness by using, uh, filling the ad spot with white space or using another form of links, you know, related links or something like that. Now we have a post about how to change the background colors. Digital Point Forms does this with their ads where they actually rotate the background colors of the AdSense. Technically, all they're doing is changing a few bits of the code to change the background colors to a different color. The question is, you know, how are they doing that? Um, there's some scripts put into the forms in Digital, in digital Point Forms that rotate those different um, colors for you. Um, just make sure they're, uh, you know, that they comp- comply with the AdSense terms of service before you use it. Ask your rep for, about that. And for, the second way you could do it is to use PHP's ad, PHP Ad is new. It's like an open source uh, ad delivery system. where you can actually insert AdSense into, into them and actually rotate your ads with AdSense or even use YPN with AdSense and rotate them so they never show on the same page at the same time. I have a link to how to do that by dynamically delivering AdSense on rotation with the YPN. And I'll put a link to that in the IRC chat room as well. Um, guys, have you ever, you know, do you think this plan works? I mean, let's ask, you know, Chris, have you seen, you know, seen this implemented in a lot of places?
3: Well, uh, just uh, from the user perspective, as someone who uh, surfs a lot of sites and uh, sees a lot of Google AdSense, I think that uh, having a little change up in the colors every once in a while might get me to look more often. I mean, especially if I refresh the page and it's a different color, that will certainly uh, draw my attention to that area. Um, I personally don't uh, publish uh, anything yet that that hosts AdSense, so I don't. I can't speak from personal experience. Maybe Ben, uh, you might uh, be able to add something. I, just real quick, though, if if they use blue, I might be more likely to look at it because I like blue. So you know,
1: <laughs> uh, Ben.
4: Yeah, um, I actually think this is a good idea. Um, I've Digital Point actually the forum they've done this for a while, and they've used some kind of crazy colors and pinks and you know oranges and such like that here and there. Um, and I I tend to, when I get to the site, I immediately, like, my eye kind of just drips up to the right where they have their ads oftentimes. And while I don't really want to, I'll usually end up reading kind of the first two words. Um, but, no, I think this is useful, and I think well, actually webmasters should try this out. I know I'm planning to try some of this out on some sites of mine that I have um, to see how it works. Um, but, you know, maybe you should also consider that, like, if you have a site that's doing really well, getting a high click-through rate with AdSense, um, uh, maybe you should not try doing this because sometimes, you know, don't fix what's not broken. So, um, but if you have sites that are pretty weak, I know sites that have a lot of images um, tend to kind of get you know some banner blindness go on with it, um, and this might spruce it up a little bit. If you add some color and kind of get some variation from page to page, might help. Cool. So, no,
1: I, I like this. I thought it was a really good idea. Great. Um, all right, if you didn't get enough of Matt cuts in this show, um, there's a post by Chris about John bat, uh, battle's interview with Matt Cutts, uh, Chris, I was hoping that you could uh, go ahead and summarize that for us.
3: Uh, sure um, it's just um, there was an announcement, like you said last week that he'd be joining us on the pulse, and then I noticed in your very uh, for those of you all that don't know, uh, creates a really nice budget for us uh, in order to help uh, us find topics to write about when we occasionally get chance to uh, write at the church's roundtable and this is one of the ones that Actually, was from a couple weeks ago, so I thought it would be a good post. I think that the um, the interview is great. You know, he covers a couple important topics. Uh, he does cover Google pray, which we talked about last week. And, uh, you know, he kind of pretty much says that it doesn't make a way of difference. Um, I think that um, he, he, it's great because he gives his personal opinion on... Uh, the idea that uh, Google needs to manually remove spam sometimes, and it's just it's worth a read, and it's it's a good little interview, I think. And obviously, you know, uh, John Battelle, obviously one of the leaders that, of the industry, uh, his book is certainly cited very often at conferences and in forums. So, um, you know, if he's interviewing Matt Cutts, that's certainly something to read and uh, and pay attention to.
1: Definitely, um, I think I'm going to lightning round right now because we have about um, seven minutes to go, and I. So many more topics to cover. Um, I wanted to discuss um, the third Google experiment with using sidebar navigation. I posted a link in the chat room. What you'll see is that Google has placed, you know, you know where you see like, you know, images, maps, news, groups, frugal, all those things at the top, those those tabs at the top. They place them on the left-hand side. Have seen this before, where they use actually, you know, other types of methods? And I linked to them in the past. Um, I wanted to get Ben's thoughts on this new design
4: yeah um I thought it kind of distracting to be honest it, it, and uh, you know how an ass they have the kind of the binoculars where it kind of expands out, you know I find that oftentimes more useful, and for this it just it seems like I, I like the sidebar that was kind of neat, but at the same time the kind of the thumbnail images of the site just seemed to be a little bit overkill um, and i just i didn't prefer it. I just thought it was you know the content was kind of squished, and there wasn't a whole lot of room, especially if you had a you know small um you know, screen that you're viewing it. Um, and so I wonder how the test went. Who knows? I mean, it is it, it it kind of nicely placed, but at the same time, I find it distracting.
1: Right. Um, okay, next topic I want to discuss is <clears throat> that MSN has added um, AdCenter EU, a European um, representative, and I want to give that to Chris to talk about.
3: Oh uh, Yeah, I mean, just saying that, uh, I mean, I use this post as just a uh, reaffirmation that it's great how... Google, Yahoo, uh, Ask, uh, but especially MSN and Google seem to really go out uh, of their way to do customer outreach and, and communication on the forums. I mean, like Matt uh, had hinted to earlier about telling people to read blogs. Uh, it's a very important way to find out what people are talking about. you. So I think that MSN introducing a EU specialist to the forums is really important because, uh, I mean, <laughs> I doubt that there's ever going to be anything that that's, that's that time-sensitive, but it's nice to have someone on EU time zone that's uh, keeping an eye on the forums to answer questions about AdCenter.
1: Great. All right, so the next topic I wanted to quickly discuss is that live.com is indexing 301 redirects as redirects, meaning uh, I found some posts at Digital Point forums where it actually shows in the, in the live.com search results that, a URL has actually moved permanently. That's what a three-year-old redirect means, it moved permanently. The question is, is it live.com's fault? Is it the search engine, search, I'm sorry, is it the, you know, the host fault? Is it the actual server fault? Is it configured improperly? That's the main question. I didn't look, dig deeper into that, but there's things out there that, um, there's a post there's a link out there that you can look for yourself and take a look at that. Um, another thing is, ask.com launched uh, a new sponsored search pl- platform. They're calling that platform version 2. The version 2 includes improvements in cost and budget control, new ad structure improvement, improves the content management. There's a streamlined user interface which simplifies common tasks. There's more flexible reporting and an enhanced bulk bulk upload tool that was launched actually yesterday. The word went out on Friday, last Friday, that they're going to go ahead and launch this. Um, there's a webinar that you can take a look at and take a look and see that soon. Um, one, more, or a few more topics, and then we're going to go offline. Um, Next topic is that Google is renting their own garage. Remember the garage that they started off in when they first started a small company they got a few thousand million, you know, a few, like a million dollars raised from investors and they went to this garage and started working there. Um, they actually, either they bought it or they rented it, I'm not exactly sure, but according to this, they they agreed to uh, lease the garage for $1,700. Um, but I would go in more into that later, but we can't, we have no time. Next thing is, Um, a thing about geographic-specific words may override your geo IP data in Google AdWords. So if you type in New York Hotels and you're sitting in, I don't know, Alaska, it might show you New York Hotels in that case. That's very common sense. It's been like that for a long, long time. MSN Live has issues with 301s. Not only that, they show them as index of 301s, they also show them that um, if you do a a site command, You'll sh- it might have problems with three oh ones and showing you which is the main site and and as a dude posted more information about that in the webmaster world. Finally, I wanted to discuss how it's hard to get booted from google adwords google, google adwords advisor at webmaster world said um since Google makes a lot of their income from AdWords um as it's well known, is not you know to their advantage to toss aside site and advertise it without an excellent reason to do so so basically it requires a lot of repeated offenses and warnings. A lot of people argue with that saying I got booted for no reason, but it must have been really bad or they maybe they didn't know about it. Um finally that's about it. Um, I wanted to thank everybody for their time. I wanted to thank Matt Cutts from Google. I wanted to thank Gary Price for organizing um the Ask dot com representative. And that was a great, you know, um discussion we had with him. And I just wanted to thank Ben and Chris. Um hope to Pat post this recap tomorrow morning after the show is archived, and I'll be posting it at at seroundtable.com. If you have any comments, feel free to email me at barry at rustybrick.com or comment at tomorrow's post. Again, this was the the fifth edition of the Search Pulse. It took place on Tuesday, October 3rd. Thank you, Ben and Chris, and I look forward to seeing you all on next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Everyone have a great night.